Welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Winfield Myers, Director of Campus Watch here at the Middle East Forum, join us to discuss emergency funding for universities on condition of systemic reforms. Mr. Myers will speak for 10 to 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Mr. Winfield Myers. Thank you very much, Stacey, and good afternoon, everyone. This afternoon, I want to uh, give a necessarily brief overview of a handbook that the Middle East Forum is going to be releasing this fall. The purpose of which is to uh, help you take advantage of the situation that universities find themselves in in a way that will improve them. Uh, Campus Watch always seeks to improve Middle East studies, and this is broader than Middle East studies. Uh, to improve entire university systems, perhaps. Uh, the reason this is, this is possible and the reason we can take advantage of this is, of course, as you know, we're going through a fiscal crisis that has affected institutions uh, throughout the country. Uh, it has particularly hit institutions with smaller endowments. If you happen to know of, uh, I won't call them poor schools, but schools that are uh, uh, more uh, tuition dependent, they will be particularly vulnerable uh, because they are going to be uh, cash short. Uh, for the foreseeable future. But even, even rich institutions have been hit quite hard by this. Uh, what we're going to do is put forward ways that you as a taxpayer, as a graduate of a university, uh, perhaps as a parent of someone uh, attending a university or even as a student, how you can um, take advantage of the fiscal crisis which these schools are, are undergoing to demand reform, systemic reform, uh, in the most politicized centers, uh, departments uh, that they have. Uh, I needn't belabor the point that the, the, the modern university is an extremely politicized place. It tends to be intellectually homogeneous, particularly in the humanities and in the social sciences. And this, uh, this results in the indoctrination rather than the education of students. It isn't a new problem, but it's a problem that has gotten progressively worse over the last several decades. Uh, going back into the 1960s and, and then going forward from then. Um, so what can you do? How can you, um, sitting at home, uh, begin to uh, form uh, a movement of sorts that can be heard in state capitals on university campuses and boardrooms? And here are some suggestions. And, and again, the handbook that we'll be releasing will uh, offer all of these in, in far more detail. But as, as an overview and as a means of uh, hopefully uh, prepping you for some, uh, some questions in a few moments. Uh, here's what we recommend. Um, for a private school, private schools are generally going to be more difficult to pressure, uh, particularly the wealthy private schools. Um, many of these have endowments running into the hundreds of millions or tens of billions even in the richest ones. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't withhold your own donations, however. If you're a donor uh, or if you are thinking about sending a child to a school that's extremely politicized, Think about, think about not sending in your, uh, your donation this year. I would really encourage you not to do that. Uh, even before the crisis hit, I would have encouraged you not to do that absent reform. Uh, but for both public and private institutions, begin by writing letters and organizing the people you know, your friends, your circle of friends, your colleagues, your family, um, whether it's through your own work, uh, forming a, a social media network, or through, say, a political party or a local organization, uh, an alumni chapter, um, 
try to organize, get as many people as you can involved in this because the strength will come from numbers uh, and, and bombarding uh, university administrators and uh, state leaders uh, insisting on reform of the most highly politicized areas of, of universities. So aim letters, um, not vitriolic letters, not, not necessarily angry or apocalyptic. Uh, you, you don't want to sound unhinged. Uh, you'll be easily dismissed, even though the situation may call for uh, apocalyptic language. It doesn't help. And write the president of the university. Uh, write a letter. You know, letters tend to get more attention, physical letters, than emails. Um, given the sheer quantity, you may have to rely on email, and that's okay. But a few well-placed letters will get people's attention these days because they're, they're so rare. Uh, the, the president of the university, the provost of the university, the deans of those divisions within academe that are most politicized, in particular the humanities, arts and sciences, uh, not the sciences per se, but many times they're lumped together at the um, college level within a university. And of course, colleges of education, college of, uh, colleges of education are some of the most politicized units uh, within universities. And when you compose these letters, uh, I would advise you to um, do a lot of research online before you write them. Go to the particular school about which you are concerned. And if you happen to live in a red state or a conservative state that generally votes, uh, say, a Republican, um, go to those, uh, the state, state leaders, governor, chairman of the education committee, uh, chairman of the house, uh, the assembly, depending on the way your, your state's uh, bicameral legislature is divided. Um, the uh, Speaker of the House, um, the, the, the Chairman of the Appropriations Committee, uh, the same kind of, of committees you would go to in Washington, but on the state level, and demand reform. Single out individual centers that you find are particularly politicized, individual departments. Uh, don't be vague. Don't simply say higher education is a mess. Uh, we know it's a mess. The more specific you can be, the better off you will be, and the more uh, seriously, you will be taken. Um, don't hesitate to name names. Don't hesitate to single out professors who are particularly politicized. Um, but, but name entire departments and centers. Some of those almost, almost across the board that will always be politicized will involve anything ending in the name studies. Middle East studies, which of course Campus Watch deals with on a daily basis. American studies, women's studies, any kind of ethnic studies gender studies, sexuality studies, uh, and the like. These are generally academic units founded not to perform and produce rigorous scholarship, but instead to produce um, uh, writing and teaching that supports a foreordained conclusion. It isn't research in search of the truth. It is instead um, <clears throat> a means of legitimizing a particular radical, usually political agenda. Uh, name them, name them by name, and demand reform. The, uh, universities are going to come to you, the donor, the uh, alumni, the, um, the state legislature, the uh, foundation. They're going to come to those, and they already are, in enormous numbers, far more than usual. They do this all the time. They, of course, they all have a, a very slick PR department. Uh, and you should never believe what you read in alumni magazines, by and large, uh, whatever the year is and whether COVID is around or not. But they're going to come to you asking for money, particularly this year, given the shortfalls 
in their own budgets. Um, shortfalls caused by tax revenue drop-offs, by donation declines, especially during the height of the uh, economic shutdown. Of course, that continues in some states today. So uh, people don't have the disposable income to uh, give to their alma mater or their uh, universities in a way that they did before. Demand reform, demand systemic reform. I think that, that this, this is the beginning, has to be the beginning, but it's going to be uh, effective of a broader grassroots effort to say we've had enough of these politicized universities, we've had enough of universities that cost an arm and a leg, uh, that graduate students that, who are, who are uh, neck deep in debt, takes years and years and years for them to pay off this debt, and which increasingly produces students uh, who are barely educated at all. I mean, there are various studies showing even that the knowledge base of university students often declines during the four years that they are in college um, because they're not being taught anything rigorous in so many different uh, instances. Um, do this, uh, we'll talk about it in more detail on the question and answer, which I'm about to open, but we will, um, if, you, if you think in terms of denying the uh, extra money that they will be requesting and are already requesting, uh, unless and until systemic reform is instituted, uh, not friendly words, but real reform that you can see taking place before your eyes. And if you can do this, get it started now, it's not going to be fast, nothing uh, in bureaucracies are fast as we know, but uh, don't be discouraged, push forward with this, and when we, let our, when we release our handbook uh, before terribly long, um, we will outline all of this in far more detail than we have done uh, so far. So that's a brief overview, um, Stacy, and um, I'll be happy to answer questions as best I can. Wonderful, thank you so much. Uh, so the first question we have in is, while many universities have become centers of propaganda, what can be done about Leila Khalid being involved, invited to speak at San Francisco State University? That's, that's the case. We're, we're not dealing specifically with that, but it's a good question because it deals with the type of uh, problem that Campus Watch encounters all the time. And that exists in some ways uh, across the board, not only in Middle East studies. In the case of San Francisco State, uh, I would advise uh, putting pressure on that individual university to begin with, as you would with any school. Uh, write the president, write the um, various deans, go online and, and examine the website of these schools. Fortunately, these schools' websites are generally fairly transparent when it comes to listing who does what. So do your homework, find out who is running the institution, and then object vociferously to the nerve of inviting a terrorist to speak even at a Zoom session uh, at a university. This is their effort to legitimize the terrorism that she represents and to legitimize terrorism in particular against Israel. Uh, also write the, the president in this case of the California State University System. It's a guy named Timothy White. I remember his name. We've done this before. Um, anytime you come to a state university system, whether it's <clears throat> the, uh, the California State University System, the University of California System, um, remember a lot of times they're going to be systems with individual campuses uh, within the system. So write to the leaders of the individual campus as well as to the system leaders. And then write to the governor. I'm not sure how much good it will do at this time, but write to the governor, uh, write to the uh, chairs of appropriations committees in the House and Senate in, in California and the Assembly, 
and uh, object vociferously to this and get other people to join you in doing it. Raise the alarm. I mean, a lot of this has to be grassroots done by people who are concerned about this and who are alarmed. Whatever the issue at hand, um, a top-down approach isn't going to work, I think. I think we've seen that uh, it, it does a lot of good. And we certainly, I think without a top-down approach to some degree, you won't know what the problems are. You won't always know what the issues are because the media so often ignores them or downplays them or spins them in a way uh, that uh, makes people who object to Khalid look like bigots, when of course that's, that's preposterous. But um, it, it needs to be uh, a, a, a groundswell by taxpayers, by those who fund this kind of uh, malfeasance on the part of educators to put their feet down finally and, and say, no, no, we're, we're not taking this anymore. Thank you. So we do have a question about specific universities, but can you give us a couple of the, the worst offenders and <clears throat> specific one is Hillsdale? Well, I would say Hillsdale is not an offender. Uh, uh, I may be misunderstanding the question. The worst offenders, I mean, that's a, that's a rogues gallery. It's tough to say what the most politicized university in America is. Um, some of the most politicized are private schools, such as uh, Columbia University and Georgetown. Uh, those are the schools that Campus Watch pays a great deal of attention to. They're both private, they are both rich, and that makes them both um, more difficult to pressure. That doesn't mean they can't be pressured, though. Uh, universities react in particular to uh, a groundswell of uh, revolt uh, by alumni and by donors. And if you have connections with universities that are politicized, then uh, a, a very good way to go about at least beginning the process. Again, I think we have to all be patient in this, but beginning the process of demanding change starts with you and it starts with um, a, a circle of supporters of those schools. Uh, don't write them checks. Don't send your kids there. Uh, uh, vote with your feet. Vote with your wallets, and don't let them uh, don't let them assume that they have bamboozled you or that you don't matter. Uh, in numbers, uh, no matter the university, uh, almost at least, uh, numbers really are going to matter, and that's particularly true at universities. The reason I mentioned um, uh, universities in, in red states, and, and generally speaking, states that are. Uh, not New York or California, but I wouldn't discourage anyone from taking uh, action there too, is that they, you're, you're likely to find friendlier politicians. You're likely to find politicians who may still to some degree be very friendly to the universities, but are going to at least um, understand the kind of uh, political objections that you are making and not dismiss you uh, as, a, as a racist or a Zionist or, or you know, some such as they will at some other schools. Hillsdale, I would praise. I mean, I have no, nothing but praise for Hillsdale. It's just too small to take in all of the people who want to go there. Wonderful. Yes, I'm sorry. The, the person asking the question clarified they think it's a very good school. Do you think programs such as Hillel are effective in identifying problems on campus? Uh, I'm by no means an expert on Hillel, um, and I don't I can't really speak to that to too much degree, except what I am told is that some chapters are excellent and some are not so excellent, but I don't, I, I uh, Campus Watch per se tracks uh, professors and we deal with the academic side of things far more than with the student side of things. Um, I, I'm sure that it depends as so much does on the individuals and on which campus uh, chapter you happen to be dealing with. 
Thank you. Can you comment on one of our readers read that the sciences themselves are starting to go into political compliance in academia. Can you comment on that? I was, I was talking to a scientist just yesterday on the phone, as a matter of fact, about this. And uh, I think we can safely say that in general, the sciences are much better off than the humanities and social sciences. Uh, that's still true today. Uh, it was truer 10 years ago than it is now, but it's still true today. That said, there is absolutely no question that there's pressure on many scientists to conform uh, to, for example, diversity statements that would not simply be a uh, protestation of their lack of racism in their own um, philosophy and their own moral outlook, but would include um, necessarily telling how they would advance diversity on their own syllabi in say a chemistry course which is an absurd proposition. Uh, you know, it runs on empirical truths. And um, uh, as, I, as I, an engineer told me years ago, there's no such thing as feminist engineering. The, the bridge either stands or the bridge falls, depending on the quality of the engineering. But you're certainly seeing inroads made into the sciences. Uh, environmental sciences, for example, um, have been highly politicized. We've seen this over the past 20 years or so. Um, other sciences, are, I, would, I would say in general, the, um, the less hard the science, the easier it will be to make political inroads. So I think we should uh, not assume that all of the sciences are uh, compromised. At the same time, we should never, never assume that they can't be compromised. Um, the politicization of, of the sciences, after all, is something that occurred uh, in Germany in the 30s very rapidly. And you had, uh, you know, world-renowned physicists thrown out of the country, running out for their lives, being arrested, and so on, um, uh, in the most advanced country in the world at that point, uh, scientifically speaking. So uh, it can happen. It can happen. It's happened before. There is precedent. We should always be on the watch for it. And right now, I think that we should, um, should understand that there are people who would love to see uh, physics and chemistry and mathematics and everything else as politicized as the humanities are. If they could get away with it, they'd do it, whether it's a through activists or through um, administrators who are friendly to that. So I actually had a personal experience of going to UPenn on behalf of the Middle East Forum to hear a lecture from Professor Daryl Lee. Uh, I think the most startling part of it was how normal and rational some of his arguments are. <laughs> how, how can we fight back against this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that not all of the professors against whom we, uh, you know, we have issue are uh, monsters. You know, they don't all uh, come across as the most arrogant, uh, terrible people you've ever met. Some of them do, to be sure. I mean, some of them, um, uh, you'll know them when you see them. Others, though, and in a lot of ways, they're the most dangerous ones, are um, they can come across as actually conservative almost. They're very rational. They dress very well. They look great. They extremely well-spoken. They can be very friendly, as this man was. I remember that, uh, Stacey, uh, with you. Uh, you know, they have, they have friendly personalities, but their politics are poisonous, and you should never be fooled by outward appearances. Uh, I would say look at their writings, uh, study them. Look for, look for uh, trendy uh, keywords, uh, intersectionality, uh, gender, um, you know, anything to do with race, sex, and gender these days. It's, it's not that you can't study those subjects legitimately. It's that, that so often in universities, they are not studied legitimately. They, they are used as a bludgeon to get the other faculty members and students into line to make sure that they don't dissent 
from the uh, uh, the orthodoxy that's expected of everyone. So, uh, but, but no, don't don't assume that the people against whom you are going to uh, do battle here are all going to uh, look like your your vision of uh, a mad scientist or you know, some sort of uh, uh, someone who crawls in out of the woods to harangue your your children in, in classes. That's not the case. Indeed, um, we have questions about specific professors. Would would you be able to answer them? I'll try. If I can't, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll be happy to email people information later. Wonderful. So we have Saev Erika teaching at Harvard. What topics will he be covering? Oh, you know, that just came out. Yes, he's going to be in the Kennedy School, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong about that. I, I read uh, just a little bit on that. Uh, and he's going to be advising students. I, I will confess, I haven't read enough about that yet to know exactly what, if he's going to be in the classroom teaching or whether he's going to be uh, uh, sort of uh, paid uh, to uh, hang out and influence things. Um, he has a niece, by the way, named Nora Arakat, whose name is spelled E-R-A-K-A-T, who teaches at Rutgers, who is um, among the most politicized, among the most uh, viciously anti-Semitic, uh, anti-Israel, anti-American, anti-Western professors that we cover. Now, she's very young and uh, it runs in the family. Recently, her first cousin, uh, his uh, nephew was killed by Israeli guards at a checkpoint because he drove his car into an Israeli guard, knocked her about to eight or nine feet, and then uh, everybody in his family claimed that it was an accident. He just lost control of the car. If you look at the video, you'll discover that, of course, he made a wide left turn and accelerated into the guard. It was, a, it was a, um, an obvious effort to kill her or severely injure her. Uh, so it runs in the family, and now we have two members of that family teaching in American institutions, which tells you a lot about the state of American higher education. Indeed. Uh, with the flux of foreign money and students such as China influencing and financing the universities and bringing in their own political agendas to undermine democracy in the U.S. and destroy support for Israel, will your strategy be effective? Uh, foreign contributions are finally getting the attention they deserve. Um, beginning with China, and uh, as, as uh, has been um, most recently highlighted by a variety of, of uh, uh, other organizations, news stories. So the Middle East Forum obviously doesn't per se deal with, with Chinese and, and uh, the Confucius Institutes that they founded all around the country, but it's a systemic problem. We have for years covered the influx of, of Saudi and now Qatari money into American higher education. Uh, most infamously at Georgetown with the $20 million that Prince Albali gave back in 2005, which has uh, founded the Albali Center for Muslim Christian Understanding, which really should be named the Albali Center for uh, Wahhabi Propaganda. It has nothing to do with Muslim Christian Understanding. They, uh, you'll find very little there on the persecution of Christians uh, or the uh, danger that Israel's put into uh, in the Middle East. <clears throat> and you'll find a great deal on uh, Islamophobia a term that was coined to silence debate, not to, not to further debate. Um, with the money coming in, it's very worrisome. Uh, it, it is getting some attention in Washington now at last, uh, after far too many years of being ignored. I don't think the, the amount of money coming in is so great that a grassroots push against uh, universities would be ineffective. Uh, it's, another, it's another thing to worry about. It's another uh, matter that we have to take into concern. Um, the amounts are worrisome. Qatar is now the largest donor to American higher education in the world. Uh, 
um, huge. I mean, it dwarfs the Chinese uh, influence. And um, uh, it's, a, it's, it's very worrisome. And we're working on it. The people at Islamist Watch, another project of the Middle East Forum, have done uh, extraordinary work on this as well. Um, but I wouldn't let it, I, I, don't, don't be defeatist. Don't assume that because you have uh, large enemies that your voice is, voice is useless or that your um, objection won't be heard. In sufficient numbers, uh, your objections will be heard. I mean, I'm quite confident of that. Um, but you have to be persistent and you have to be smart and you have to be, uh, have to be numerous. There have to be a lot of you in doing this. So for our viewers out there who would still like to donate to universities, is there any way to direct the funding away from the Middle East studies and, and more to the sciences? Is, do you foresee withholding donations to universities uh, penalizing the students in any way? Okay, so two questions. Can you, can you direct um, funding to the sciences? Yeah, I, I think that's true. I, mean, I think in most universities, if you want to give a, a donation to the medical school or to a particular um, laboratory, you know, there are a lot of uh, scientific centers run by the university's uh, department. I'm sure that's possible. I would still say watch it like a hawk. I mean, don't, don't, never assume that university administrators are going to shoot straight with you or that you're going to just be able to write them a check and then go away and not worry about it. Remember about 25, 30 years ago, Lee Bass gave $125 million to Yale, uh, a pretty good chunk of change, uh, back when 125 million was a lot of money, right? And he, um, Yale rejected it eventually because it was going to go to found a center for the study of Western civilization. And it was so controversial to do that, that it was rejected. But he was able to get, his heirs were able to get it back or his, his family was able to get it back. I shouldn't say heirs, but they were able to, to eventually recover it. Um, so yes, you can direct you can direct gifts, and I would encourage you to do that. Uh, student scholarships, for example, library acquisitions, and the like. Will it hurt students? Um, that's an interesting question. I mean, we're not out to harm students. We're out, in fact, to work in their favor by reducing the chances that they will be indoctrinated, or at least, even if they come out believing uh, with with a with, if they're, if they're not fooled by the, what, what the, some of their professors tell them, we still want to ensure that they get a good education and not waste tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's very important that they do that by reducing the scope and influence of the most politicized uh, departments and centers within a university. We are, I believe, uh, making it possible for them and more likely for them to receive a rigorous first-rate education that will be worth the money that they're spending and will put them in good standing uh, to be lifelong learners and to be able to uh, discern gold from brass after they get out. Um, one, one of the chief problems of, of universities today is they graduate so many people who don't know what they don't know. Uh, now we're all young and foolish ones, but when you graduate people who believe that they have um, grasped the brass ring, they really have uh, profound insights into uh, the world uh, because they know the entire world is, is, is racist or the entire world is unfair and that all civilizations are equal except the West, which is the worst of all and on and on and on. Um, then you set them up to fail uh, at, at their profession in so many ways. Talk to people who uh, employ these people and they'll tell you that um, sometimes they come out lacking basic skills of reading comprehension, of being able to write well, uh, to communicate well, to speak well. So if we depoliticize universities, we are simultaneously bringing them back 
to teach rigorously whatever the subject may be and to ensure that their graduates um, are, are possessed of a, of a degree of knowledge that allows them to think critically, not being taught to think critically, but uh, are possessed of a, of a, um, a, a bounty of knowledge uh, that they have insight into the way the world works rather than simply being um, you know, young fools who assume they know considerably more than they do and then find themselves hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and unemployed, which is happening increasingly. Certainly true. Um, so our last question of the day is, when will the booklet you referred be available? It'll be out this fall. Um, I can't give you an exact date. Uh, at, at the moment, I would say October. Um, it won't be too late. I mean, it won't, it won't be Christmas and you know, New Year's or something, but it'll be, it'll be before too long. And um, we'll, we'll do everything we can to get it into, it'll be electronic, of course. And um, you know, the more, the better. The more it is passed around, uh, I can't emphasize it enough that uh, a few people, unless they're massive donors, uh, won't suffice to do this. This really needs to be taken up by uh, an enormous number of people. Um, we need to, we, we, what we want to do is tap into discontent that already exists. Uh, we're not necessarily informing people that universities are bad. Most of them know that. Um, we want to allow them, give them a, a roadmap into taking action that will change things for the better. Uh, again, my, my principal counsel is to um, tell everybody about it, you know, uh, work hard at it, be smart, and be patient. Don't, and be persistent. Push ahead, push, push, push at these people. Uh, you will get their attention uh, eventually. Don't allow their arrogance or their uh, you know, conviction that you are unworthy of their attention uh, to get to you. Uh, don't, don't believe them, you are, you are worthy. And you do have, you, you have the keys, especially if you're a taxpayer, a donor, um, you're holding the, their purses. Uh, take advantage of that. Now, while they are in fiscal ditches themselves, all right. Well, thank you so much. We've come to the close of our webinar. Thank you again, Mr. Myers, for speaking thank with you. us today. Uh, for our viewers, please be on the lookout for our weekly webinar offerings email coming out over the weekend. And thank you all again for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day.